How, how's that? I don't know. Could someone say something on your end? Oh, very funny. <laughs> it was quite funny. So I heard you. Now we can hear you. There you go. Hey, Simon. Yes? I did like your uh, Max, um, Mad Max um, gaming. Oh, your Twitches, yeah. Right. Yes, you've got, you've got some fans. Oh, I've not yeah, seen that yet. Cool, because no one bloody comments on them, so I'm glad someone Did you them. tell them to like, comment and subscribe? We were yes. Oh, we were watching on the TV, so I can I I, need to, I will add comment to to it. I just haven't got around oh, to it. Thank you, mate. It'll be a way. Cool. I, I have done exactly what I said I would. I've gone off and done a whole bunch of side missions, so I'll be coming back to the plot as a very very different Max. Huzzah! From what I saw, that's a really good game. Like I like the little mechanic mode thing that like you've got essentially a mechanic there for. Um, well, I'll tell you what. Shall we? Shall we start a show and talk about it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. That might be a really good idea. Okay. Hello and welcome to World One Stage. Stage one. Stage <laughs> one. World one. Stage one. Finally. I'm not going to go again. That's how we're starting. Finally, Simon's Simon. bumper. Bumper <laughs> chipper. <laughs> All right. I guess I could be the bumper. Yeah. We can go again. Hello and welcome to World Pod Stage 1. I'm Simon, and joining me as ever is Jack. Yo! Irish. Hello! And Rob. Hi. <laughs> so, <laughs> what was wrong with that? No, nothing was wrong with it, technically. Okay. Uh, you joined us in a conversation already in progress. Sorry. No, that's cool. Specifically about the Mad Max game, which I have been Twitch streaming. Go and find us on YouTube, where our username is annoyingly World One Stage One Pod. <laughs> it wouldn't let us take World One Stage One. And then when you're there, like, comment, and subscribe. Yes, do like, comment, and subscribe. I have like the first four hours or something of Mad Max up there in two. Unevenly distributed parts, let's say. Oh, and, and soon you will not be the only member of the team putting videos up on there. No, I know. Because but which of you is planning to? Because as of to, uh, well, as of yesterday, uh, for those of you familiar with my my laptop Arsenal gear, uh, it died yesterday. Oh. Hooray! Um, it, basically, it got to a point where it was overheating and freezing up once it was on for more than five minutes. So I got very frustrated and I punched it. And when I mentioned the story to Alex, he went, what, too much? And I went, no, just the once. I punched it once. And <laughs> apparently that was enough. So now I have a new laptop, which we're now recording on. Um, Hooray! Yeah, I have a bright, sleek purple laptop. Because mm. apparently pink is not a very common color for laptops. So which no, one sadly this not. Then? This is Metal Gear Rex, because I realized I never made a Rex. To jump back to. Awesome. I've jumped back to. I've jumped back to a better one. <laughs> so you're naming them after Metal Gears, but are you playing the Metal Gears? Are you playing the Phantom Pain, or have you stuck uh, I, with no, your I, preference I, to stab yourself in the eye? Remember, I, I boycotted Phantom Pain. Yes. Much I was wondering boycotted. if that boycott was still in effect. Uh, in a way, it sort of is. I mean, I have played Ground Zeroes, but only because it was free. 
Right. That seems it, reasonable. It was free on PlayStation Plus, so I downloaded it, played it for 15 minutes, uh, and then had to take a lot of vitamins to ward off the bubonic plague. So you played about <laughs> half of it then? <laughs> I could have completed it three times <laughs> over, actually. But yeah, oh, it was... Oh, it were bad. Like, Yeah, it was free on PlayStation Plus, so I ignored it. <laughs> like, even, even like, ignoring the problems I had with it the first time round, like, the plot... And and the casting choices and and all that sort of stuff that they're doing with it. Two things, and they were both controller based. One is that they've seemed to have taken the controls from Metal Gear Solid Two onwards and gone. Mm, they're not complicated enough. <laughs> they were quite complicated. Yeah. Right I always remember that. <laughs> so it's like, do you want to do you want to use your gun and shoot someone? All right. What we need you to do is go into the action mode by holding down square for two and a half seconds. Then you need to hold down right. Uh, you need to hold down R two to bring out your weapon. Select your opponent and then tag them with the right one button. Then you need to press circle twice, and it's like. Uh, then you have to picture your heart's desire. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and sprinkle a bit of salt. And, <laughs> and the other thing is, just was just absolutely offensive to me. If you are spotted in Metal Gear Solid, like up until now, up until Metal Gear Solid Five, if you were spotted by a guard, like Metal Gear Solid by a guard, by a guard, like if you spot in one, you're fucked because suddenly they go. You know, an exclamation mark appears, and then the alarm goes off, and you'll be, you'll, and you'll be hunted. Alarm? Dun, dun, dun. And that's great. Metal Gear Solid 2 onwards, a guard will spot you, and then they will get their radio out. They'll try shooting at you. Radio? They'll get their radio out, and they'll start calling for backup and saying, oh, he's here. And if they get their, um, if they get the message out, the alarm goes off. You can shoot the radio in their hand or whatever. You can do all these sorts of things. So it's really quite smart like that. Right. Metal Gear Solid 5, if you are spotted... The game goes into slow motion and you automatically Ooh. you automatically bullet time style focus your gun on the person who spotted you and you have well, to tap white trigger to shoot them in the head. Right. In, in the head. In the head. So non-lethal options? Uh, if you're using a tranquilizer gun, yes. <laughs> right. Well, that seems limiting. It also seems like it's a stealth game where if you get spotted, you just tap right trigger and you weren't spotted anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Although... Uh, which would be fine, you know. It's not like Metal Gear Solid's a fucking stealth game or anything. Yeah, not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to defend this at all because I've I've heard this kind of thing about it before. Uh, but um, it's to, to do with the ratings, isn't it? Like how well you do. If you is, is there any reward whatsoever for going through the entire level not doing the yeah, auto? There, there, it, there probably is, and it, much like the other games. But based on some of the rewards you get for. Completing Metal Gear Solid Five, I don't want to think too hard about it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah you don't necessarily want those rewards. Exactly, they're unpleasant so, rewards. Yeah, everyone is just sort of losing their mind over um, Phantom Pain, and I'm like, yeah, I gave up on this shit a long time ago. <laughs> but people are also losing their minds over Mad Max in ways that are frankly terrifying and show everything that is wrong with gamers. Oh. Um, uh. Well, the game, which, uh, as I mentioned, I've been Twitch streaming, and you can see over at World 1 Stage 1 Pod on oh, YouTube, pod. and yep. like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> um, basically, it's I'm really, really enjoying it, okay? Let's let's lay that out on the table. That's good. I've buried 70-odd hours in this game already, doing oh. side quests, and I've upgraded the magnum opus almost as much as I can at the point I am in the game, and have Max in his leather jacket with badass knuckle dusters and everything. Nice. Uh, but the, the game reviewer part of me compels me to say this is an average game. <gasps> it's, it's, it's an open world game that works the same way they all do, you know? Yeah. Uh, I was saying this on the stream 
as I was saying, it's like, yeah, you'll find it's very similar to the way Shadow of Mordor does its um, sort of general fights and the way it unlocks extra areas of the map. And you'll find that some of the shiving through cracks in the uh, rock wall is very, very like the way Tomb Raider did it. And I, yeah, it's all the mechanics you know from other games all over again. And is there anything new here? No, no, nothing at all. Were you saying this to anyone in particular on the street or just... I was, actually. On the stream. Oh, on the stream, I'm sorry. On the the street. I was like, Simon, Simon, it can't be that average, seriously. (laughs) I apologise, sorry, that's my bad. Just walking down the mean streets of London, grabbing people and going, it's an average game! It's an average game! There's nothing original. Sorry, please do continue. Fair enough. But yes, it's it's all very familiar components and they're put together in a way that's really, really fun. So it's like fast food. You know, there's nothing special there. It's all stuff you've had before, but it's combined in a way that is familiar and kind of comforting. And I wish Max would shut up. They've decided to make him quite chatty and that's oh, not Max's oh, oh. thing. And also the voice actor isn't Tom no. Hardy, so he should stop. Or Mel. Or Mel. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad it's not Mel, though. Yes. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> no, we need you to stop with the expletives about the various, various minorities. You could just hold but, a microphone next to him and not telling him <laughs> that, he, and, that you would probably still get sort of Mad Max sort you, you of get kind some, of get madness rambling, in yeah. Karen rambling, yeah. Um, you can make it a DLC true. pack. Yeah. <laughs> there, there, um, there is I one mean, wonderful addition to the world, and that is Chum Bucket. Oh, yeah, Chum Bucket looks awesome. He is your companion and engineer throughout yeah. the game. Okay, and I I really like him. He's just he uh, has personified internal combustion as an angel, as a deity that he worships. Oh, sweet! Uh, it's why the car is the magnum opus. It's his magnum opus. Oh. It is his act of faith, and you are his saint that he has discovered. The driver for his magnum opus. Oh, that's so cool! Yeah, and he's com- completely batshit and he hangs around in the back of the car operating the harpoon gun as you drive around the wasteland Mm. um, muttering to himself in deeply creepy ways Uh, he is the equivalent of summon Batmobile because when you get out of the car and walk away he stays with it Uh often murmuring something like yes I could do it some time alone to you know air out her tires and <laughs> rub down her chrome and it's like oh, yeah. so when yes. you want the car back you fire a flare gun and he brings it to you oh, but wow. yeah he he's always murmuring just disturbing shit like that throughout the game he's very fun and from what i've seen he also seems to be like a, a good like mechanical um example like in the game example of uh regenerating health for the car Yes, yes. When you stop the car and there's no fighting going on, he'll sort of scramble over the top of it. And depending on how bad your car is, he'll pull out a fire extinguisher and start putting out the fires. Oh, that's cool. Or he'll pull out a wrench and start, you know, whip up the hood and start working on the engine. So he is your regenerative health because he fixes up the car. Oh, that's awesome. I love how this level. They'll, they'll take a, a fairly common thing and give an explanation or they'll show you how it works. I really yeah. like the part. Like Infinite Ammo in the first Mass Effect. Mm. Really yes, like with that. the heat sinks. And it, it's it's interesting that the car has regenerating health because there's a nice in-universe reason for it with Chumbucket. Max does not. Max does not because have regenerating health or he doesn't have a reason? He doesn't have regenerating health. Oh, okay. He has to find sources of water and cans of dog food and even maggots and corpses. Or, Ooh, nice. uh, as I recently discovered, like in the opening of Fury Road, there are lizards running around occasionally. And if you get one, yeah, you can eat it. Awesome. Because uh, cool. I, I road-killed one. 
And I was just like, wait, has the food symbol appeared? Ooh, <laughs> dead lizard. Om nom nom. <laughs> <laughs> There's a fire looking lizard. I got the hunger. But you know you've made it when, you've eat, when you're eating your dog food in front of a gyrocopter pilot. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's, um, th- there are a couple of really spectacular things in it, though, uh, that it does very, very well. And one is the world itself. See, I was, I, I was going to ask this because from the trailer, I kind of got, and I think we discussed this briefly before, that it was kind of like more war boys, another warlord, sort of reminiscent of Fury Road. Like, yes. How, how is it like translated to actually playing it? I mean, the way it works actually is like the destination, the, the aim of the game at the moment is to get into Gastown. Huh. Oh. Uh, which we didn't see, of course, in Fury Road, but it, we knew it was there. Yeah. Mm. And so, so you are sort of on the other side of Gastown for where everything happens in Fury Road. So is this, are they setting it before Fury Road or? It hasn't mentioned. It okay. shouldn't really, should it, if it wants to stay like uh, the rest of them? Yeah. Which is worrying. Yeah. It hasn't mentioned. It doesn't matter. It could be before, it could be after. Yeah. Which is worrying. Uh, it means the people eater could still be there. <laughs> well, no, because the head of Gastown, as of the start of Mad Max, is a man named Scabarus Scrotus. <laughs> that is a very you, nice Mad Max name, that is. Isn't yes. it? And you kill him in the intro, in the cinematic. Mm. So maybe the People Eater is just taking over, or maybe Scabarus replaced the People Eater. That's not clear. Yeah. Um, but what is clear is that his you know, hold on the region has outlived him. He had the biggest gang going. And uh, you are dismantling it piece by piece. You're taking apart his camps, you're taking down his watchtowers, whatever. And so that's how you're sort of lowering the threat in the region. And in each of the three regions around Gastown, you've made a deal with a local warlord that in exchange for you dismantling Scabarus Scrotus's stuff in the area, they will let you hang out at their fortress, use their fortress as a, a workshop for the car, and um, you know just provide you with shelter. So you gain influence with those warlords by taking out Scabarus's stuff. And as you take out the stuff, you get less of Scabarus's warboys driving around in the area randomly. Huh. I'm going to give this a go at some point in the future. Yeah, I'd like to play it. It's well worth picking up. Um, it might be um, a good candidate for a Steam sale. Yeah, like not a, not a full price one. I don't feel shortchanged at all paying full price. Okay. But... Um, if, if you've got any doubts in your mind about it, it's a Steam sale game. Mm. You know, it's it's definitely going to live up to a sort of a 50% purchase. I happen to really like Mad Max to start with. Yeah. Uh, I also happen to really like well-done car combat. You know, I played Interstate 76 back in the day. I played Auto Assault. Mm. That's something I really like. And that plays out really well in the Mad Max game. It looked and brutal from what I've seen of it so far. It is hugely brutal. Uh, especially when it's happening in the Big Duster, the massive sandstorm, which you can do. That's the other really compellingly, brilliantly done thing. Oh, that sounds amazing. And um, I also happen to not be burned out on big open world games because I didn't really play Shadow of Mordor. I haven't really gotten gotten started on Far Cry 4. I didn't play any of the recent Assassin's Creed games and I'm not playing Phantom Pain. So, you know, I don't... That genre has been well-filled mm. lately. So if you've played those games, this will bore you to tears because it is more grinding in an open world, you know, performing side quests to unlock side quests to unlock side quests. Um, but if you haven't, 
if, if that itch remains unfulfilled recently for you, this is a great way to do it. Excellent. That's a really good way of, that's a good way of selling it. Like going, it's an average game, but here's why that's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, there are things in it I really, really like. And, but there have been people, because a lot of people are really enjoying the game and really loving it because they're passionate Max fans or whatever. And woe betide any reviewer who gives it an average or mediocre score at the moment. <laughs> have you have you been told some terrible things then, Simon? Well, I've witnessed some terrible things. Oh. Just, um, yeah, uh, people going off reviews saying, oh, the only reason you could have given it a five was to, to get people like me angry so we'd talk about it. Ah, uh, like I take personal offence at you're considering this game to be okay. <laughs> and... I mean, Jim Sterling uh, of the Jimquisition wrote a review that was just subtitled Mad Max Mediocre. Was there any other way to put it? Was there? Was there? Um, and yeah, he got just streams of hatred for it. Uh, no, he's right. Yeah. I, I love it as much as you do, but he is right. You can, you can love it and accept that it has flaws. Yep, absolutely. Uh, as everyone playing Phantom Pain must, I presume. Yeah. Uh, you know what, let's just stop talking about Phantom Pain. It's going to depress oh, the I don't know if I can. It is the big news story at the moment, isn't it? Well, is it? I mean, I don't I don't actually... All I know... I've not seen any, like, reviews or anything. The only things I've seen of it are people I know who like it playing it, saying they like it. Which so, is a lot of people. It is a lot of people, but that's not that's not the way you develop, like, a, a, a hearty consensus on things, is by right. me only seeing the reviews of people that like it. You make a good point. It's perhaps not the big news, but it is sort of the drumbeat of the community yeah. at the moment. Um, although I will be like hopefully playing more new big games now that I have this lovely new laptop. Yeah, yeah, which hopefully means more uh, multiplayer, which means more Twitch streaming of uh, World 1 Stage 1 crew stuff. Absolutely, and that's, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Also, um, in terms of near future stuff, I will not be able to buy any new games for a while because <laughs> I am going to be sp- saving up a lot of my money. Oh, yes, yeah. Right. Because uh, in a couple of months' time, or what, depending on whenever this airs, World 1 Stage 1's going international for a bit. Uh, so I need to know, you guys, each of you, what your favourite Pokemon is, because I am going to be going to the Pokemon Centre in Tokyo uh, at the end of October. I think I heard an EV being shouted from off mic there. Well, I, to, I don't know if she's surprising to no child. one. <laughs> uh, the thing is, I... Uh, See, I'm I'm a classic guy. Yeah. I, I probably because I Mr. Mime, the classic ones. You want a Mr. Mime? No, I do not want a Mr. Mime. If you bring me a Mr. Mime, I will actually hurt you. <laughs> um, to be honest, I think my favourite Pokemon is Snorlax. Oh, good man. I like Psyduck. Oh, even better, man. Psyduck is it, it's between the two. To be honest, they are. And, and seeing as you've taken Psyduck, I'll take Snorlax. Psyduck, Snorlax, mine's Gengar, absolutely, but. So uh, I'm getting you a slowpoke, right, Jack? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So I'm I'm going to be going to the birthplace of the best of video games. There's so many 24-hour video game arcades. I don't even. I wouldn't even care that I'll be jet lagged to hell. Oh, mate, that's going to be so cool. And I will be uh, making sure to 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 send you lots of videos from Halloween, which I will be spending at Universal Studios Japan. Please explain what you'll be doing exactly, because it's oh, amazing. Universal Studios Japan, on Halloween, is having a full-on horror night. They are flooding the park with zombies. What? <laughs> they, are, they are flooding the park with actors dressed as zombies. 
they are opening an, uh, a Resident Evil ride. And I, uh, in the show notes, I'll need to send you a link, Simon, so you can put this in the show notes, the, the video for Biohazard The Real, which is what I'm okay. doing. Oh, yeah, Biohazard The Real is amazing. Uh, they are doing an Aliens ride. They're doing a Nightmare on Elm Street ride. Um, they are having... There's a, uh, One of the actresses is going to be dressed as Sadako from The Ring. Uh, going to be wandering around. So they're doing a full-on scary-ass Halloween night. Uh, I have to admit, this does sound like someone reached into your deepest desires <laughs> and decided to do them in a theme park. It, it, yeah, the only thing I'm, I'm really sad about is that when we go, but that's in Osaka, we're also going to go to Tokyo. Um, and the place we're staying in Tokyo, there is actually a venue just across the road from it that does, and it's basically, it's a really small type venue where they have a little, they have a couple of bars in there and they do, pro, they do puroresu, they do pro wrestling. And they're quite famous for having people diving and doing suicide dives and planches off of the bar. Holy fuck. <laughs> and they're doing, they're doing an event the day before we arrive in Tokyo, oh, and shit. the day we leave. Oh no! Uh, so I'm I'm missing pro wrestling in Japan. Oh, oh that man! Sucks. So, but yeah. the horror thing sounds good. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy the hell for you. It's going to be amazing. I <laughs> think you should explain to those listening what the what that is. The uh, what was it? The um, bio. Oh, boy, has it the real? Like I said, I'll, I'll I'll send a video for the show links. But basically. Um, it's one of those things where you you don't just go into the ride. You don't like queue up and go into the ride. You get given a ticket and told come back at this time. <laughs> and when it hits that time, you go in with your little your, for your little appointment, and you get given a little uh, set of goggles with your uh, hood on it. And okay, it's a haunted house. You are in a mansion. There are zombies. You have a gun. Go see how far you get. <laughs> with SWAT um, oh God. people the, as well, the, right? The, the trailer's terrifying because you're being led around by umbrella mercenaries who are like, trying to guide you and the person's like turning around <laughs> and you see them being dragged off into a doorway somewhere <laughs> and then just fleeing and one of them gets eaten by zombies. They're like, run! And they grab his assault rifle and like, oh, it looks amazing and I'm, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. But I'm going to have an amazing time and they have a themed Resident Evil restaurant. <laughs> With cocktails served in test tubes and everything. And they have, have umbrellas, I assume. Mm. Excellent. I'm also going to go to the Jurassic Park restaurant because it's shaped like the visitor centre from Jurassic Park. Oh, sweet. Oh, nice. well, there'll be a hole in the side of it. <laughs> I hope so. There will be the end of the night. <laughs> so, yeah. Before uh, we move too far past it that the reference is lost, I, I can't remember who said it, but I saw on Twitter someone was saying they want to see a mega revolution of Farfetch'd, where the mega revolution just has two spring onions. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be terrifying. And if I could find one, if I could find like two far-fetched in the in the in the Pokemon Center, I'll just sew and <laughs> onto it. Um, so Excellent. yeah, if anyone wants any like things from Japan between now and the end of October, well, that's a dangerous know. thing to offer. Yeah. If any listeners uh, have any suggestions of what to do, let me know. Yeah. So I heard that we actually had listener mail on the one time that I wasn't here. I wasn't here either. That's true, you weren't here yeah, either. I don't know. I was good. You have to ask someone who listened to the show. I was good. Two bits of really good listener mail. Are they from you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Were they from Bobbit? No, I think his name was Bert Maletta. Bert Maletta, yes. <laughs> like there, there was a Bert Maletta, Deva- yeah. Seems like a really nice guy, I'm just saying. But it was really nice. I, I listened to the show that I missed. I was very sad. Um... <laughs> Wait, you listen to the show? I, uh, yeah. 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 
Yeah, I, it got me wanting to watch Steven Universe because I, I didn't know what it was. Good. That's the so, yeah. reaction to have. Yeah, no, it's good. I've also started watching it. Yeah? I fear Onion. Oh, good. Again, that's the right feeling to have. Okay. I fear Onion and love Garnet, so, you know, life's good. Sweet. You're saying, you're saying all the right things, Jack. Cool. So, has anyone been to the cinema? Yes. Have you? Uh, well, it's been like eight months since we last did an episode, so I've been to the cinema repeatedly. Oh, you have been a few it's times. Been yeah, that long since, it's been that long since you two have been on yeah, the show. Yeah, we've had issues. Issues. Like, tech issues. We, we're fine. We're not, we're not like... We're not oh, yeah, yeah, we're totally fine. We're not going to split over, like, professional differences or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can see you the can. bigger artistic <laughs> picture. And I'm going to ignore that. Like the councillor said. Don't worry. Okay. Um, but, uh, but no, I have not been to the cinema recently. Oh, have you been to the cinema? I'm, actually, I'm just trying to think. You know what? I don't think I have. Oh, no. I, I've seen a lot of cool films that I would like to talk about, but not in the cinema. So Fair it doesn't enough. count in this little bit. But Simon, I'll talk about them later. Simon, have you been to the cinema? I'm trying to work out since when. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have been to cinemas, but not. Mm. But perhaps not. Since, oh, we no. last rec- since we last recorded, did you go see um, Jurassic World, Inside Out, or uh, what was the other one? Uh, or Ant-Man. No, or Ant-Man. I have not seen any yes. of them. No, I haven't seen them either. No, actually, tell them, I've seen Jurassic World. What do you think? Um, I I liked it. I, it was okay. Uh, like I I felt that there were bits of it that let it down. Like I thought Chris Pratt was kind of wasted almost. Hmm. I don't know. Like he was really good in it, but I don't know. We talked they about can... Jurassic World like consecutively we, we on a number of episodes, so let's have not go talk, into it. I forget. But... Did we get around to talking about Fantastic Four? Oh no. 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 I've not seen it, but I've heard a lot of the bat behind the scenes sort of thing, but please go ahead. Oh, that was a wasted film. So I keep hearing, like, there, there is a, a cut, a, a, a different cut, isn't there, that was supposed to be seen, and then, like, two months before it um, was released, they showed a whole bunch of execs in Fox, and there wasn't, like, a boss battle at the end or anything, uh, and it had, like, a strange structure, so... They freaked out and like demanded like emergency reshoots and stuff for it. I, well, I, well, the original the original thing for it was it was going to be Mole Man huh. was going to be the villain. Yeah, they cast for, they cast for him and everything. And yet he is not in the film. He's not even mentioned. There we are. Yeah, then. yeah. weird, right? Um, yeah. It's meant to be. It's meant to be. You know, the iconic first battle that the Fast Four had with the you know the creatures coming out. It's such a weird film because it's like you'll be waiting for it to start and then it will finish and you'll feel like it's been about 40 minutes. It feels like a 40 minute film. Yeah, it feels like it loses an act or something. Yeah, or... it's crazy. It's it's really weird. And also just like lines come out of nowhere as though they had like a, they, they meant something in an original script, like characters' personalities change. I mean, the, the fact that is also, it's the Fantastic Four. Uh-huh. And who are the, who are, uh, Simon, who are the four members of the Fantastic Four? Uh, well, there's uh, Richard, Sue, Human Torch, and Ben Grimm, The Thing. Right. So, uh, but, I mean, you, you mentioned uh, Human Torch and The Thing, but who are the, who are the other two? <laughs> Reed Richards and Sue. A.K.A.? The Invisible Woman. And? Mr. Fantastic. Mr. Fantastic, yes. Yeah. Test something? What the hell? <laughs> no, 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 because basically, here are, here are things you will not hear referred to in the Fantastic Four movie. Mr. Incredible, not Mr. Incredible, sorry, Mr. Fantastic. I'm also excited about there being an Incredibles 2. Yes, I am. That's not yes. what I called him until prompted. Yeah, uh, Mr. Fantastic, 
Invisible Woman, mm-hmm. Human Torch, The Thing, or The Fantastic Four. <laughs> Those are words Fair enough. here mentioned. I did wonder, because uh, really? I've seen the trailers, but the tone was very obviously kind of not bright and yeah. sort of... Well, they, you know, okay, it, they're, they're basically... They're I did wonder how they were going to get Fantastic Four in that. The only way... right, Basically, they're trying to come up with a name at the end. Does anyone mind... Like, It's not even a spoiler. Go ahead. But does anyone mind me just talking about... The oh, no, go ahead. Film, right. They're trying to come up with a name for their super team. Right. Uh, and, like, they're coming up with names. So you've got, like, Reed Richards going, like, uh, the, the big brain and his amazing friends. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and then you've got uh, Susan saying, well, how about the big brain and her amazing friends? Okay. And the only nice. time you'll hear, like, the actual superhero names is you suddenly got, uh, you've got Johnny going, how about the Human Torch and the, uh, and the Flamettes or the Torchettes or something like that? Mm-hmm. And then he's actually been, he's been one of the nice guys in the film mm. up until this point. So he's, he's actually been quite a nice guy. And then suddenly he has a line that makes no sense. It has no bearing on him. And then he just looks, he looks at Ben Grimm and goes, how about, a, what's it called? Uh, two guys, a girl and the thing nobody wanted. Oh. <laughs> and he's like, whoa, where did that come from? Like, where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> that like makes no sense. Just suddenly he doesn't like Ben. Like, what? Why? <laughs> You can't just put that in there. How is it delivered? Like, is he like proper serious about yeah. it? Man, that's not like, very nice. That's They're supposed like, to be friends. Yeah, like what the shit. And then and they're then, a family. And then um, they look at the, the 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 facility that they've got to work in now, and Ben just goes, "It's fantastic." In a really bad way, it's like it's fantastic. Mm. And Reed looks at him and goes, "Guys, I've got it." And then the film ends. Fuck that shit. <laughs> Fuck that. So no one gets named really, because even, because admittedly, because Doctor Doom right. is Doctor Von Doom. Yeah. Because the, na- the last name is Von Doom. Mm-hmm. Right. Because apparently Latveria works on German last names. Mm. You know, I... What, whatever. He, you know, is probably the most wasted bit about that film. He is a super interesting character right up until the bit that he gets the whole metal body and all that. Well, I remember you saying this one thing to me about it was that, and like... In a lot of iterations in the comics, he's actually out for like the kind of like the right reasons at first. His, his right, Von Doom, Victor's um, motivation to begin with is that basically science always remembers the uh, history always remembers the uh, military applications of science first, mm-hmm. and scientists will always be used by governments to create weapons of war, and they'll basically always be used to kill people. Sure, that is his thing, and basically uh, and. It's only a matter of time before this great advancement they found is used by the American government to subjugate people. Right. And he is sort of proven right in this. And it's a, quite an interesting little motivation there is <clears throat> a scientist who wants who actually wants to go out there and help people and keeps getting thwarted at every turn by governments who are only interested in, you know, hurting people. That's a great motivation. Mm. And then he gets metal skin and goes woogity boogity and starts trying to destroy the world. <laughs> Can I? Uh, I don't know whether you've seen the one. The one version of uh, Doom that I would love to see. I can't remember where it was. I read it way back. But you know how they always say, like under the mask, he's horrific or whatever. Yeah. And for ages, he's saying, "Oh, how he's." Um, he, he always says, "Oh, he's disgusting. He's imperfect." Yeah. And then in one fight, the thing somehow manages to dislodge the mask or something. Maybe in a version where it isn't fused to his face yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and underneath this mask, he's a, he's a beautiful man, but he has one scar on his cheek. 
and he is so vain and so sucks so, or so psycho it's, about it that no, it was just that. There's no like mask with that because basically, like that's one thing I do quite like. Is I remember uh, see my knowledge of the Fantastic Four is watching the old Saturday morning cartoon. Sure, yeah. So I remember that um, the that essentially they were in space and then they got hit by cosmic rays. Cosmic rays, and then Johnny yeah. Storm turned into fire and uh-huh. Mister Fantastic stretchy mm-hmm. and Invisible Woman invisible and the thing yeah. made of rocks. Okay. I'm like, cool. Okay, that made sense to me at five years old. And yep. now I'm just like, why? Why didn't they all get the same thing? You know, cancer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Well, they, you know. <laughs> but this one, it actually kind of looks into things like that. So, for example, because it's it's in, the things from the trailer, it's inter, interdimensional travel now rather than space travel. Yeah, because they realise we can easily go into yeah. space and that shit doesn't happen. They go into another dimension. There's this weird green goopy stuff that does magic-y space stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doom falls into the green goopy stuff and his suit like essentially collapses in on himself and fuses with him so yeah. it's like a space suit fuses with him so his skin goes into that kind of weird silvery chrome like thing cool right um, so that's his thing uh, Johnny's pod the, the the glass smashes on re-entry and he catches fire mm. that's his thing a bunch of rocks like slam into Ben's pod and like get in there with you know kind of like the fly. Pardon the pun, but stretching it a little. Yeah, and basically, yeah, there are rocks in there with him when he teleports back to Earth. So kind of like Jeff Goldblum, and, <laughs> you know, right? Um, uh, Reed he gets trapped under some stuff. Like he, he, his his pod is fine, and and he basically gets back absolutely fine, and then he comes back to Earth. Everything's fucked up. And he hears Ben crying for help, so he starts crawling towards him, and he like crawls all the way across the lab, and then he looks back and realizes that the whole time his legs have been pinned under a, a beam. And See, they're, that's like, they're quite all, cool. They're all stretched out behind him. That's quite cool. And Susan Storm uh, didn't go into the other dimension, but she just got blasted with space rays. By so him. she didn't go? She didn't go with them. Why? Well, basically, the reason they go, they're not supposed to go, like, no. they basically, they make the machine and then they're told you guys are going to be the first people going into the other dimension. And then the government turns up and goes, cool, we're going to get some astronauts because they're qualified to do this kind of shit. Yeah. You guys are just nerds. That's absolutely what should be done. So Doom gets everyone tanked on Latvian liquor and goes, fuck it, let's just hijack the machine and go into the other dimension. Right. Seems like a terrible <laughs> no one, idea. No one will even know. <laughs> I like that, though. So that's that's hilarious. That, so that's what they do. They don't tell Susan. She'll tell her dad. So and, when they ret- and when they return, she gets blasted. Well, when all the, when all the alarms are blown off, she's the, she's the one that comes down to find out what the fuck is going on and then gets blasted by a shockwave, which something, something invisible. There you go. That's the only one that they don't come up with a reason for. She gets blasted. They just go, nah, and okay. they're more invisible. Invisible. Plus force fields. So they actually give somewhat of a reason for four out of the five characters as to why they have those particular superpowers. So there are elements you're saying that hint that there may have been a decent film in there once upon a time. Well, yeah. apparently Jeremy Slater's original version of the screenplay included Mole Man, Doctor Doom, and Galactus as the villains. Fucking hell. You can't have Galactus be part of a trio of villains. <laughs> Doctor Doom would have been a Latvian di- uh, dictator, is it? And uh, apparently... Uh, Simon Kinberg rewrote the screenplay making Doctor Doom as an antisocial programmer and cutting Bowman and Galactus completely. Yeah. Although um, Bowman's character is sort of referenced in the film uh, the character Harvey Elder it, I, I probably didn't notice no. or, the, or the agent that handles the team Willie Lumpkin Again, don't remember uh, No. Fair enough 
<laughs> it yeah. was a very forgettable film, although we've talked about it quite a lot now. <laughs> That's true. I mean, it, the thing is, though, what it, it's it was Tim. It was Tim Blake Nelson's character. Who? Never mind. Okay. It's interesting because it's it, you. It, it's kind of like a glimpse into the workings of how these massive money-making sort of light shows, which they are, mm. as, are, are put together um, and fall apart as well. It would yeah. seem. <laughs> I mean, on the other, on the sort of other end of the spectrum, it's like because Fantastic Four. I was actually expecting to quite like based on the trailer. I quite liked the trailers. It looked like it had a good tone. It looked like they were doing something different, and mm-hmm. it was going to be quite interesting. Sure. And it fell way short of the mark. Um, what what I was sort of I didn't have any real opinion about, and then when sort of was really pleasantly surprised was uh, the man from Uncle. Yeah, I saw your review on that. Really, really enjoyed that. I I want to see that. I would definitely recommend it. It's got all the sort of spy movie '60s espionage stuff going on. That's really quite fun. A little bit of a little bit of the old Bond stuff with some sort of gadgetry and whatnot, and but in a in a in a not over overpowering kind of way. It's, it's just kind of fun. I kind of look from the trailer. It just kind of looks like live action Archer. Um, I mean, to a certain point. I mean, there, uh, Henry Cavill's fucking fantastic, and Army Hammer's brilliant as well. Um, but there, I mean, to, to me, it sums up. Just, there's this perfect moment of like them both trying to, they're both trying to sneak into the same base, but not realizing right. that they're there until they sort of like uh, Henry Cavill's character, um, Napoleon Solo, just going up and up to the the wire fence, and he gets these wire clippers out and starts. Cutting through, and then he looks up, and there's Army Har- uh, Army Hammer's character, Ilya. I forget what his last name is, but he's the Russian, the the the, the Soviet um, agent. Yeah, and the Soviet agent's looking at me, goes, "What are you using there?" Goes, These uh, um, laser cut special precision, uh, you know, uh, laser cut special precision uh, uh, wire cutters uh, put put into the perfect angle by uh, something. Oh, it's like sodium lasers or something, something like that. It's some sort of chemical and lasers. Chemicals and lasers. So, so it's also say sodium lasers. I don't think that's what it was, but fuck it, doesn't matter. Um, and as he and then he starts cutting through, and you just hear this sound. He just turns across, and there's the Russian guy just cutting through the cutting through the fence with this little red laser pen thing. And he just cuts a little hole in it, and then just looks at it. Sodium laser. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it it was a really, really, really fun film. I think I would really suggest people go and watch. Like <laughs> Fantastic. Four. I didn't like it. I've spoken at great length about it. But Man from Uncle, I'm like, that's a really good film. Well, I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of glad because I don't want to hear too much about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil and, that one. And also, oh, God, yeah, it's just, getting a sequel ready. What Fantastic Four? Yeah. Nah, they won't do it. They won't. They no, won't I, I heard they shelved that sequel. It won't happen. It'll die. It already has. All they need to do is just go. Yeah, we're going to put the Silver Surfer in it, and then everyone will catch fire and die. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh dear. But imagine, like, every film that's had three villains, there's other, I mean, every superhero movie that's had, like, they've gone and made a bit with three villains in it, all vying for the screen. They've pretty much been terrible, because you sort of have to try and bunch them all together. Imagine doing that, but with Galactus as well. Because <laughs> he's not little. No, he, he's uh, not, not a little. He eats planets. Man. He, he, he does like to have a little bit of a nibble on a... On a Neptune. On a Neptune. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that, that tickled me. Yeah. Good. So uh, that's films we have seen. Uh, can I? Can I? Because we were talking about Mad Max, Tom Hardy. Um, Who's I, that uh, what? Who's that then? Uh, what Mad Max, Tom Hardy? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Tom Mad Max Hardy. Yeah, man. Uh, I watched uh, <laughs> a film I'd like to recommend, which is called um, actually two I'd like to recommend. But I'd like you guys to watch the second one so you can explain to me what happens in it. But I'll. Get that. <laughs> I'll get, there. <laughs> right. I'll get there in a second because I do not understand what happened in the first one, which is I watched Locke 
Um, it is a film where Tom Hardy plays a Welsh uh, sort of construction manager, okay? Right? Uh, and so it's an hour and a half of him driving down a motorway. The film starts, he gets into a car, and he drives. And the whole film is set in his car, him driving, uh, and talking to people on the phone. And you have presumably practice for playing Mad Max. Maybe, maybe. Um, but it, there's a brilliant kind of voice cast in there, sort of on the other end of the phone. You've got Andrew Scott, um, who's Moriarty and Sherlock. You have Olivia Coleman. Um, I don't really want to tell you what happens in it, though, because... That sounds like but, a film where you would explain, this is the, uh, the premise. Yeah. Anything more than that is going and to And it's it. just about a man's life. But yeah. because it's Tom Hardy, and I know we obviously praise him a lot, on this show, but this film, I really felt he can carry an hour and a half of just him sitting in a car, and it's amazing. So I mean, I'm, that is pretty compelling uh, in terms of revi- uh, ah, a review of an actor. Yeah, the man literally. Okay, with the aid of people talking to him on a on a Bluetooth headset. Oh yeah, yeah, I mean, no one's going to go. You know, well, I was going to say no one's going to go and watch a film of just Tom Hardy sitting in a car for an hour and a half. And then I realised. I probably would go and watch a film about... <laughs> We're well-practiced now yeah. uh, enjoying Mad Max using a car. Um, um, but it's 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 Tom Notch. It is absolutely brilliant. Uh, and it's a little jarring because he's Welsh <laughs> in it as well. Um, never heard him be, be Welsh, but he's perfect. Really? He's just perfect. The film that I'd like you to explain to me what happens in it is called Primer. Have you heard of this? No. Yes. You have? Have you seen it? Yes. <gasps> Please explain to me what happens in it, Simon. It's... I don't think I can. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's, 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 I enjoyed the Wait, film. If Simon can't explain it, then it's got to be messed it's, up. What it is, right? It's, it's a, it is a, it was made on like seven grand, okay? Uh, and the guy that directed it also is one of the main parts in it. And it's about these kind of garage scientists who somehow managed to invent time travel by yep. using a combination of a strange machine and some fungi. Right. And they... Simon, please help. <laughs> so I mean, that's... He looks that's, You've summed it up quite nicely. Um, but yeah, it's just about... It's these four guys who invent time travel and then things go terribly, terribly wrong and paradoxes happen. And they double back on themselves. Uh, yeah. And they realise they have to get rid of some of the people that they end up meeting. If you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck? Oh, God. Like, it, it's it's shot almost documentar- documentary style. Huh. Almost. Very cinema verite, yes. Yeah, yeah. And I, I really enjoyed it. But, like, I, I, wanted, I want other people to see it. And I'm glad... That you have, Simon, at least, because at least we're in the same boat now. I feel a bit safer <laughs> talking. <laughs> no, seriously, because I was like, what the fuck? It just went on. Um, it's, uh, it is um, a really interesting film in terms of, if you like time travel narratives, uh, when you look at causality and paradoxes and uh, prede- predetermination paradox, yeah. this is just, it's a feature-length exploration of what happens when you cause paradox and how do you resolve paradox and then what do you do when you can't resolve a paradox? <laughs> like, the, and and the way they, they actually put it together, I felt was really clever considering obviously they had very limited budget. Like, 
they end up building this time machine in, uh, you know, one of those rented lockups you get, like in America. Right. What's that? What's that program? What's that show? Storage, Storage Wars. Wars. Yes, Storage Wars. You imagine like that. But there's a time machine in it. Like if someone bid on that, oh my god. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> but that they they sort of get around all the because you think, holy crap, a time travel film would actually cost quite a lot of money to do, but they they do it really cleverly. So you know, respect to them for actually managing to put the film together. Um, but I can't tell if it's if the story is done well, badly, right. or so well that I don't actually understand. It's it's one of those. Oh. I'm not sure which. Um, but yeah, basically, it's what I like is it's actually very honest about the obvious things you would do with a time machine. Yes. You go, we've got time machine. Cool. Let's go back and invest in Apple. Yeah. Um, and let's, let's go back and make I've a always wanted fortune. to punch in the face. Yes, let's do that without consequence. Yeah, because <laughs> you can just re- rewrite it. Huh. I'm going to give this a go. Do. It's on Netflix. It's, oh. And it's only like an hour and 15 minutes. It's really short. Primer. Primer. Uh, I said that really strangely. Yeah, you did. Those are the films I watched and I enjoyed them. I've been using Netflix as well. Excellent. Uh, Because I'm now now watching Netflix original series. Such as? Uh, uh, Well, I I watched a Netflix original series. Which is? I watched Sense8. I haven't finished it yet. What Um, what are you thinking so far? I have not watched it. I have not watched it either. I'm very early in. Mm. Uh, I think... Three episodes? Okay. Three or so four. You're about a quarter so, through. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so far, I'm really enjoying it. Good. Uh, it is, it's very clear that you've got the Wachowskis mm. who have uh, a view on sort of the fringe of society yep. being, you know, uh, uh, for obvious reasons. Yes. Um, and that there is, on something like Netflix, when you don't have a, uh, a cable network to satisfy, a freedom to say, hey, I'm a trans woman. I want to tell a story that includes a trans woman and a lot of homosexuality yep. and uh, marginalized people uh, from all over the world. And I want to go and film on every continent because I want it to be a truly global story. Yep. Uh, let's do that. And because it's the Wachowskis, Netflix go, yes, go do that. And <laughs> yeah. uh, so far, brilliant. Yep. Um, I, there were two, two things I found out about it. After finishing watching it, because we, we marathoned it in a day because Rome was, wasn't feeling very well, so we just sort of sat on the sofa and watched Sensei and ate ice cream. All They're day. not spoiler things. No, no, no not spoiler okay, things. Okay, because <clears throat> I would like to watch it. One is that um, every continent, like every character, their parts were um, directed by different directors. Mm-hmm. Yes, and filmed simultaneously. Yeah, which is why Leto, uh, the Mexican actor, his scenes love him. always look like they're a telenovela. They have that feel to it because <laughs> that's the sort of director's background. And I'm like, oh, yep. my God, that makes so much more sense now. Wow. The other thing I love is that it's already got uh, a second season as well, or it's getting one, um, is that uh, JMS originally pitched it uh, with his with his writing thing as a five-season sci-fi show. <laughs> to which the response from the studios, and I love this, was everyone thinks they can do a five-season sci-fi show. What makes <laughs> think you can? And he said... I fucking invented it. If I was the studio, I would have replied, we'll give you four. Yes. <laughs> and if it goes well, we'll give you the fifth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> actually, given that Babylon 5, given that Babylon 5 was five seasons long, uh, surely Sense8 should be eight. Well, yes, yeah. That's, that would actually, <laughs> that's a good point. That would have made more sense. But yeah, but, um, every character in it is fucking gold. Um, 
I think my favourite thing about it is it's not a spoiler to say that the film is about people who are psychically linked. I was about to ask what is like the rough premise. So psychically linked. Um, essentially, yes. it's, it's psychic powers as manifested by the fact that there are eight people who can share each other's senses. Sense eight. Cool. Right, there you go. Um, and they can also tap into each other's skills. And I really want to run it as a Wall of Darkness RPG. Holy shit. That would work really well. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, so there are scenes, many scenes, where when one of the characters inhabits the other and is sort of seeing with their eyes and hearing with their, you know, just taking in their sensory perception, then the actor who portrays that character replaces the person they're inhabiting in the scene. And it will happen that there is a couple talking and the camera is cutting back and forth between them and it cuts away and cuts back and the substitution has occurred. So you're looking at the other actor Mm. now. And they don't do it with camera trickery. They do it with um, more stagecraft. So you'll have the second actor lurking just out of frame. And as the camera swings away, one will just drop and roll away as the other one jumps into the scene. It's so So they film the conversation with continuity. Um, without cutting, because that would lose the flow of it. It's so well-directed, it's so well-shot, the cinematography is brilliant. Um, And again, like, once character... Because again, it's it's all about human interaction, it's all about the interaction between people who are essentially... When you when you are sharing the senses and skills, what like you are you the same person? Are you you know still eight different people? It's all about the loss of self as well, which is quite a a recurring thing with uh, Nomi as well. Is like the whole Mm. loss of self thing. Can I ask one question? Because this is something I noticed because of my love of another particular franchise. Yep. How is Freema Adjuman in it? Wait, hang on. Because she successfully, in my opinion, annihilated an entire season of Doctor Who. I really like her in Sense. Oh, is she good? Is she she Amanita? Um, I forget the name. Yes. Yes, cool. She plays Martha Jones. I was looking at her going, I I, I think it's her, but I can't. I can't be certain. There's something slightly different, and uh, is that that she's it actually might be the hair that's like performing really... well? I think she's great. Okay, she's really good. She's really good in it. Mm. Fair enough. Um, I, I and it probably is the hair because she has the uh, colourful dreads and the yeah. shaved sides in this. I mean, there, there's one, and I'm not. I'm going to do it without mentioning names or anything, so it's not a spoiler and whatnot. But there's just as as characters begin to, they start becoming more and more sort of at home with the idea of the whole swapping skills thing and sure. and different senses and whatnot, there is a brilliant moment that they can use it towards where it's like, you know, I know you're not going to do this. You don't have it in you. And a guy going, yeah, you're right. I don't. I know someone who does, though. And oh, just the camera true. cutting away, cutting back, and there is just one particular character grinning like a fucking lunatic. And it's like, oh, shit. Oh, that's, oh, that's good, because I've actually been looking for something new to start watching. So Come around and watch it, because I want to I re-watch it, knowing now... St- I mean, there's like, it's not like... Um, it, it may be a little bit like Bad Five, in the sense of when you go back and re-watch it, you might notice more stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, like, um, knowing... I recently... Sorry? Uh, I was saying, I recently saw um, Kieran Gillen state that Wickdiv was written to be re-read. Uh, it's a bit like that. Yeah, once you know where all the mystery... Well, it's like a mystery show. When you look, when you go back and you start watching it again, you can start noticing all the little nods mm. that were given the whole time, and you know which things are red herrings, you know which things are, are correct, and it's like you can start filtering that out and really appreciate it in a completely different way. Yeah. In a, yeah, um, so it definitely, uh, if you've got Netflix, uh, give Sensei a go. Bear in mind, it is a Netflix original series, so, you know, every now and again, there will just be fucking just, just there. Um, <laughs> But if you can live with that, that's cool. In- including depictions of um, strap-on sex yep. as well in yep. a in a 
Netflix TV show, it, it, which was like very surprising. It does occasionally get to the point of being gratuitous at some points. Uh, Wolfgang, a little bit. The German, the German guy. There is a scene where like it's just him having sex with a woman, and then it cuts away to a different scene. It's the um, uh, and then cuts to Leto for a bit doing some stuff. Then cuts back, and it's it's Wolfgang and this girl in bed having their pillow talk thing. And it's like you know you could have just had the pillow talk scene we would have known what they had done like you've just thrown, <laughs> yeah like you didn't yeah i'm, I'm not particularly prudish right no now. no I, like, know, I know what it doesn't mean. really add I know anything i think but this way, show never cuts to someone putting their boots on oh uh, yeah it just it, yeah. you it'll show in, in the way that bab five always used to yeah and star trek it's a good way yeah. sorry to fair. i'll uh, tell you who i really like actually and that's riley blue yes oh 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 yes brilliant um oh just watch it more. Just watch more of it. <laughs> I, I love every character. And I was like, when I saw um, Will, the, the 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 cop, when I saw his dad for the first time, I was like, is that Joe Pantoliano? And I went, it's the Wachowskis. Of course it's Joe fucking Pantoliano. <laughs> but um, uh, Riley Blue is played by Tuppence Middleton, who was uh, Kelly Kea Brassix in Jupiter Ascending. <coughs> oh! And, and she plays a uh, Icelandic DJ living in London, for whom things have gone terribly, terribly wrong. And uh, her dad is one of my favourite characters, as just, like, as just a side character. He's just a permanently smiling Icelandic man with a ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Who just, who just occasionally breaks out into the song Teenage Wasteland, but on a ukulele. <laughs> awesome. He is super lovely. I love that man. That sounds really cool. Well, I'll definitely give that a watch. Yeah. But you said there was a character called, was it Lito? Lito, who is a Mexican... Uh, like I don't, I want to say, I want to say action star, but okay. it's like he's a he's he's a melodrama star. And you well, yeah, see he's Mel- making he is making telenovelas. He's making, but for like the big screen. Yeah, yeah. but that name, yeah, Lito, is shared by uh, a certain actor, isn't it? Oh, and you see how I'm now dragging you. Are you trying to say? Are, are you trying to say towards a segue to the story you told me earlier? Go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, he's trying to force now, you Jack to segue. Will, you now, know, like, I've been trying to gain a general sort of consensus as to whether also it's Leto. It's pronounced Leto. We've swapped. Yeah. We've swapped. Um, is that it, I've been trying to get this consensus as to whether people are excited or not about Jared Leto playing Leto. <laughs> and you know why? For, for whichever particular reason. And basically what I've come to is that no one on this earth is more excited about Jared Leto playing the Joker than Jared Leto. That's, well, that's true. Yeah. yeah. And can you blame him? To be honest, if if I was cast to play the Joker, I'd, I, no, I'd be shitting myself. But if I was an actor and I was cast to play Jared Leto, uh, Jared Leto, cast to play the Joker, playing the Joker. If I was an actor and I was cast to play Jared Leto, I'd be quite confused. But if I was an actor and I was cast to play the Joker, I would be relishing the opportunity. Would you? You're, it's a great role. You'd be relishing the opportunity, going, "This is a great role. Be amazing." Would you? Probably. Mail. Let mail envelopes to Will Smith containing bullets. <laughs> <laughs> Would you mail dead animals to Margot Robbie? I might. I probably not though. Would you take lots hell? of selfies with a dismembered pig corpse and paste them around the set? What? Wow. He's getting into character in a very interesting way. He's a bit method, isn't he? Yeah. That's terrifying. He's sending gift slash threat letters in the form of bullets and things to his fellow cast members. Well, I also saw something about the the cast playing the squad getting matching squad tattoos, but with squad misspelt. 
Like that's hey. that's something you're going to regret. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, they're all rich. They'll have it removed in like a week. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. So I thought that was just kind of interesting. We like going, okie dokie there. Generally do but yeah. I, I think the only reason they got talked into getting them is I think Margot Robbie was giving the tattoos. Uh, oh yeah, because she oh, does. Oh, of them, course. Yeah. Oh, she's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I'm. I mean, so I'm, I still, I'm still. I'm still not actually all that fussed about the Suicide Squad movie. I'm open to the possibility that it might surprise me. Yeah. Based on the trailer, I'm not sold, but we'll see. No, I. I have to say, based on the trailer, Margot Robbie is doing absolutely the best job she can with the script she's been given. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. like, I really liked her performance. Yeah, she didn't design the costume. That's not her fault. Yes, um, and she didn't write the script. That's not her fault. Her performance was great. Um, Will Smith can be a hell of a lot of fun when he wants to be. Yep, and I think he's genuinely excited about doing this movie. That mm-hmm. it, it could be okay. It, yeah. I'm not getting my hopes up. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting because it's a DC live action movie that it's going to be a steaming <laughs> pile of poo. Yeah. <laughs> But we'll, we, we will see. But yeah, I thought that was just kind of interesting in the sense of just, you know, actors who really get into their role. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. that's disturbing. I, I It's a pretty cool story, but um, yeah. yeah. The, last act, the last actor that got that deep into the Joker role had an unfortunate end, so... Yeah... And unrelated. Unrelated. Yeah, unrelated, though. Apparently, there is, there is uh, like, rumours and whatnot that there is, like, an on-hand therapist for all the members of the uh, the Suicide Squad act group. And I don't know how much of that is, like, sensationalist story. Well, there was for um, Dark Knight. Yeah, and just, like, I don't know how much it is for, like, you know... And The Grinch, because it's quite a dark film. Well, oh, much- yeah, and The Grinch. Oh, my God. <laughs> and The Grinch. Let's not forget The Grinch. What? Yeah, Jim Carrey needed, like, therapy when he was doing The Grinch. He was so... Because it took so long to get into the costume, he got massively claustrophobic. Oh, yeah, I guess that was that super bad. So he actually, yeah, yeah, there's a psychiatrist on set to help him balance out and time to act. <laughs> yeah, huh. yeah. Well, there you go, Irish. Actually, I've been meaning to talk to you about something, man. Oh yeah, he had something he wanted to ask you. Because uh, the other day, I was going to drop into the entertainer, but I ran out of time while I was doing in town. Right. Because last Friday. It was Force, Force, Fr- Force Friday. Yes, it was. Hit me with it. With what? No, don't actually hit me with it. No, sorry, Alex took that as a, a cue to hit me with a <laughs> <and> lightsaber. <laughs> so, how are they, man? What have you got? I'm holding out on me, man. <clears throat> well, <laughs> you fix. T- turns out, turns out, I found out today, we didn't get everything we were meant to get. Really? Basically, what was meant, what was meant to happen, we were meant to get, on last week's delivery, we were meant to get a pallet wrapped in black palette wrap which just had all the new Star Wars stuff on it yeah we never got it so we got like a third of what we were meant to get where did it so go we didn't get, yeah exactly so we didn't get half of the Lego yeah we didn't get the black series vehicles oh. we didn't get uh, I mean it's more for the kids we didn't get the hero mashers but those things are massively popular build yeah. your own superhero type things although we have for Jack we do now have the wrestling version of those build your own wrestlers <gasps> oh my god yes <laughs> but i actually saw the black series vehicles in forbidden planet today yeah yeah they look really really swish are they yeah, we, just we, original trilogy things or is there new stuff no there's there's new stuff yeah there's oh, new stuff fuck. new yeah. x-wings new ties new speeders yep <sighs> if you want to if you want to see what we've got jump onto the website rob because everything's well to be there i've been and, and bb8 i want a bb8 
We won't be Good. selling that because that's Disney. I know who will. It's Disney exclusive and online. That is controlled yep. from your phone, is it not? The BB-8? Yes. It can control itself, but and, yes. And yeah, and it can roll around your house on patrols and things. Yes. And I have a cat. Excuse <laughs> 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 you need. Go forth. Yeah. The, uh, the Falcon, the Le- the Falcon uh, Lego set is now out as well. The, the new Falcon Lego set. As are the masks, the Kylo Ren mask and the Captain Phasma mask with recorded lines of dialogue. So yes. you hear the characters' voices for the first time. I have heard this and fucking, they both sound incredible. And I am almost certain now, do you remember way back when we talked about Star Wars and I thought, I reckon it's going to be about this. And I think it, well, I bloody did. Okay, <laughs> I believe you. I, uh, no, I, no, no. I've doubted, I've doubted um, former recordings before when I was told I'd made a lemon sip mocha chino. I, uh, okay. Yeah, that's very strange. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, obviously there were hints from the trailer and things like that. But I, for ages I thought, oh, it's got to be something to do with like the lightsaber that was lost in Bespin. And one of the lines that Kylo Ren's fucking... Um, recorded lines or whatever is that that weapon does not belong to you or something like that. Um, and we were speculating about that again when the teaser came out with the lightsaber activation sound on it that was the episode 4 lightsaber activation sound. Yep. Huh. Yep. And the fact that we know it's clear like he's obviously gone and got the mask from Yeah, in the, that's in the trailer. That's you know, we've trailer. seen that. So, so yes, this is clearly about recovered artifacts of Vader. It's the cult of Vader. Uh, he is he is just the Vader fanboy. But it, oh man, I'm so excited now. Like they really released... makes sense because one of the aspects of the expanded universe was that Vader was smart enough to raise followers not in the Sith tradition, mm-hmm. but who owed personal loyalty to Vader. Yep. Yes. Uh so I think they're going with that, except instead of doing the Nogri. <laughs> doing a, a remnant of the empire that are immune to the force. Are they? I think some of them were anyway. It's the Salamiri, surely? No. Or they had the Salamiri. I can't remember. Uh, but bearing in mind, no matter how excited we get about this, it's going to keep linking back to a thing I found today. Someone whose hobby oh, yeah. is going and finding old websites <laughs> with like reviews of the Phantom Menace trailer. Right. So like and how excited people reviews got about from like ninety seven, ninety eight, or whatever oh, the trailer first came out. And going, man, I had my doubts because like I'd heard the stories about how the, the the filming had been pushed back and how the scripts had been be, been rewritten. I take it all back. Lucas can do no wrong. <laughs> it looks amazing. The the pod racing, it looks fantastic. Yippee! <laughs> yep. I mean, it could be a huge failure, but the thing is, those rumors haven't existed for this film. We haven't heard about rewrites. We haven't heard that, about pushbacks. Yeah, very true. But I'm always just going to remember those things. I just go, yeah, let's look forward to the new Star Wars thing. And this is now recorded for posterity. <laughs> so when this turns out, when Seven turns out to be worse than Phantom Menace. Oh, come on. It can't be worse than Phantom Menace. Well, at least one of us on this thing needs to say that. Because, like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll throw myself in front of the bullets and say Seven's going to be worse than Phantom Menace. But why would you do that? Because <laughs> if I'm wrong, yeah. we get a good Star Wars film. That's true. That's true. Right, it's gone John Boyega in it. And from the trailer, it looks like there might be a lightsaber fight in it. I'm already ready to say that's on par with Phantom Menace, that's just true. from that information alone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, it's practical effects, which already tops yes. over. Oh, yes. yes. No, absolutely. Uh, the, the onset photos have already 
made me happier than the whole of Phantom but Menace what I mean, to, make, did. to make sure that we are not mocked mercilessly by, no, the, it's by true. future people. You're covering our ass. One of us needs yeah. to cover our ass. I appreciate I will, that. I will do it. I will gladly take this. <laughs> we're taking fucking Star Wars insurance out. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, if you think... I, the more I think about it, the, just the on-set photos of like the practical sets and the creatures they've designed please me more than the whole of the Phantom Menace. Yes, yes. If you cut out the pod race and Duel of the Fates from Phantom Menace and show me those, I prefer those. Mm. So the rest of the film is actually a negative. <laughs> the rest of the film has a, a deteriorated effect that drags those two things down and makes them worse. Well, I didn't even like the pod racing, man. I wasn't a big fan of the pod racing. I was, I was literally just there for mall, uh, for mall fights. I liked the pod racing largely because I saw it clipped out... Uh, individually on an IMAX screen uh, uh, in a montage of um, interestingly sort of point of view sequences. So the trench run, speeder bikes in the forest, the pod race. All right. Um, I, that was really, really, really fun. So I have a bit of a fond memory for the pod races cool. for that reason. Fair enough. But you guys... Did you get Sebulba as well? You do, and Sebulba is kind of amazing. Sebulba is awesome. But I, but as an addition, it. the Doug, I think, looked pretty cool. The Doug. And the pit droids. Were... I really did like the pit droids doing their um, Three Stooges <laughs> routines. Oh my god, are we complimenting it? <laughs> it, it, it has some... No, we're complimenting one scene. But remember, <laughs> remember Watto. Just oh my re- god. Uh, re- remember the Phantom Menace. The title means the menace that isn't really there. <laughs> the, the non-existent problem yeah. is the name of the film. Um, so you guys can be I, I'm, I'm giving you guys free reign be excited as excited as you can about episode 7 and I meanwhile will get this bit of card this bit of uh, this, these 2 by 4s here and I'm going to start hammering these up and covering up this small thermal exhaust port <laughs> just in case <laughs> I, I'm I, I'm almost a little worried that the uh, the toy release has actually spoiled something from the film go on mm. I don't know. I don't know if you guys would have seen it, and I don't want to be the cause of you having it spoiled. <laughs> it's to do All with right. his lightsaber. Just, just it's to do me. with the. It's to do with Kylo Ren's lightsaber. Just tell me because I famously don't care about. Oh, stuff. I got an idea of what, what you're on about. Okay, there's a thing on the bottom of it. Yeah. Right, Simon. Have you seen this? I haven't, but I'm not worried about it. Okay. Well, it looks like there's going to be a blade that comes out of the bottom of it too. Okay. Are you but, basing this on? Are you basing this on the toys? Yeah. Right. Let me, let me stop you right there. <laughs> okay. Well, it looks uh, like there's a blade coming out the bottom. Yes, but the entire, the all of the lightsabers in this new toy, toy range are part of the Blade Builders range, so you can connect them together and create your own. Oh, okay. Like a human yes. centipede. Of I was going to say that's a little bit too much lightsaber. Uh, so if you if get Alex, <laughs> you, you get Alex's, Alex's. Yeah, I have. He's handing it to me. Yeah. The, the the base of it is designed to do be able to be connected to any of the other lightsabers in the range. I'm Vice holding it in my hand right now, and it looks so fucking cool. Like the, I mean, obviously from what you see in the trailer and stuff. And I promise we won't talk too much more about Star Wars because we keep doing this, and I know it's my yeah. fault. Um, <laughs> but like, there's wires exposed on it and things, and yeah. there's like a chunk coming out of the side of it, like. It looks yeah, like it's hashed together, man. Even, even well, and a lot of the speculation about why it has this uneven blade was that it was a scratch-built, hastily put-together weapon. Yeah, but it's it, even the um, the plastic molding for like the the saber parts on the toy have been molded to have the crackling energy effects. Yes, I see now. It, it looks so cool. 
and um, it, it to me it just seems like maybe the the crystal was flawed or something to give it or cracks again to damage to give yeah. it the effect it has it's, it's having. Well, quite interestingly, I think they might be laying some groundwork in very very subtly in Star Wars: The Old Republic. Yeah, no um, which I'm going to start playing again now. Well, they always had the um, the unstable crystals, but then also there's been stories where when when focusing a lightsaber, you would focus it to your own sort of um, sensibilities or whatever. Oh, sorry, you take it. Um, and um, the fact that if he was, say, focusing this lightsaber whilst feeling great anger, for example, it would it would look angry and sound angry. But very simply, they they've. Uh, there's a lot and lot of lightsaber hilts you can pick up as loot in the Old Republic, and um, some of them are unstable hilts. They are old or hastily built lightsabers. Yeah, and they actually have this unfocused, rippling, almost flame-looking uh, blade. Huh. Yeah, um, especially sort of at the base, and it sort of evens out towards the end because these aren't as um, fiery as Kylo Ren's, but if you look at that sort of crackling plasma effect around the hilt, you just go, well, that looks deeply familiar now that I've seen Kylo Ren's saber. So I think that lore is trickling out in other places so that it'll all connect up. Yeah, uh, and and not a great game, but that that kind of effect on a lightsaber also featured in um, Force uh, Unleashed. Yeah. yeah, I was going to mention that. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it was, it's, it's un, it was un, unfocused crystal, wasn't it? <laughs> but there we go. I mean, I mean, that was it. I just wanted to know a bit more about the toys, to be, to be honest. Yeah. But I think I have to do a bit more research. Yeah, I feel. Yeah. I mean, um, we've, if we if we had gotten everything in like we were meant to, I could have gone on that way. The one, the one <laughs> yeah. thing I can say we got was micro machines. And I'm like, yeah, some of the micro machine stuff. I'm like, I was like, really sweet. Well, first of all, I was like, "There's micro machines again." Yeah, they've come micro back. Oh my back. god. Holy shit! I have, I still have my old Star Wars micro machine things. I used to have like the character head things that opened up. Yeah, yeah. Like Vader's that opened up, and it was the best bin lightsaber duel. And the Stormtrooper that would open up, and it would be the Death Star. Oh man! Oh, oh. Well, that's the thing. Micro They're... machines aren't still a thing. This is the first micro machines release in like over a decade, I yeah, think. It's the first. And it's because they used to do micro machine Star Wars, so they're doing it again because the whole point of the the release for the run up of this is that nostalgia. It's like we're doing everything we did before, but for the new films. Yeah. Amazing. Including micro machines. Micro machines. I did I did find out one thing we we didn't get that I hope we'll get in this week. What's that? Um, they've released a Star Wars episode seven Bop It. Yeah, but but it's R two D two. Amazing. <laughs> Hang on, did you say it's a bop it? Yes. As in, like the toy where it tells you to do things. Bop it. Please Twist tell it. me one of the commands it has is do it. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Kill him. Ah, uh, you messed up. You blew it. <laughs> and in the middle of beats, it should go. Don't call me a mindless philosopher. You won't wake up a grease. Bop it. Do 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 do. Well, please. You know, it's a little R two D two, so it might be all sound bites to it. So rather than go bop it, it'll... I don't yeah. know. said R two. What are you saying? <laughs> How do people know? Oh, I made it sad. That's the that's the you messed up noise. Oh. Yeah. R <laughs> two is disappointed. <laughs> <laughs>
This is the best radio ever. Weekly attempt hearting. Welcome to your weekly podcast of Astromax doing radio dramas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I want to do that now. Uh, and a surprise <laughs> guest appearance from Chewbacca. <laughs> Again, saying that, we actually got these Chewbacca masks that um, are electronic, <laughs> and they come with like a chin strap built into it, so when you open your mouth, it opens the Chewbacca mouth. And oh it, my god, that sounds both awesome and terrifying. And it, it says, it's, you know, it makes Chewbacca sound effects. That's I was like, fucking awesome. Yeah, it is. Oh, it's back. <laughs> Star Wars, man. Star Wars never went away. Well, not I'll tell you what, uh, in this release, there is a whole new black range uh, yes. of stormtroopers yeah yeah and they look so nice the sculpts on them are great but the the painting on them is insane so you've got you know you've got your tie fighter pilot you've got your stormtrooper you've got your sand trooper you've got your scout trooper and they just look magnificent it's it's terrible how how collectible these things look (laughs) (laughs) and even also the basic flame troopers yes flame troopers and Even the- there's that new little snippet they released where it shows not only john boyega snapping out the blue lightsaber yeah but also the reverse shot from that scene in the second teaser where it pans out to see the um collective forces of the first order yes or whatever but this time it's at the back and you see legions of them and at this, in the side, on if you look very carefully, I've done my research, there is a new <laughs> AT-AT. Yes, there is. Yes, oh, there like, is. What the fuck? And it looks mental. Just think, man, how long ago was it that we were standing in queues to go into the open auditions for this film? Oh, oh I know. I like I know. Even, even the, um, the basic figures are really quite nice this time around. I mean, if Alex, if Alex hasn't given them to Adam yet, he should have some. They're already at work, he says. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not sure if they're 8080s, but they're definitely walkers. Well, they're walkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know what I mean. Like, they look, they look a lot. I know, like them, I know Mark Hamill's in it. Yeah. And I know Harrison Ford's in it. Yeah. Is Carrie Fisher in this one? Yes. Yes. Brilliant. I'm sold. Yes. Yeah, yeah. She's always been excellent. Oh, she? that's another thing as well. The best character in Star Wars. Arguably. Any of the, any of the Luke figures... Our classic Luke. Oh, they're not None showing. Them, they're not showing. I'm old. really glad. I'm glad. Although, hopefully, he's not got his beard. I thought I'd seen. I thought I saw a picture of him already. I've seen a picture of him, but they, they they're not so far doing a toy of no old Luke. Yeah, it's, you can get um, you know, all the Luke stuff tends seems to be Return of the Jedi Luke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have done quite a few sort of classic releases for this. There's, you know, there's a new Boba Fett uh, figure, I think. Yeah. See, that's smart because then they don't, they're not. Obviously, they're trying to keep stuff close to their chest, which I really appreciate. Like, I haven't been searching for sort of spoiler talk or anything. Like, I'm only going by what I see from what they release and stuff. So yeah. I'm glad they've done that. Um, oh man, it's gonna be yes, or it won't be. Sorry, Star Wars insurance. <laughs> I'm, going to throw, I'm going to keep throwing that out there. I just occasionally just have my little a little voice clip just going, or oh, maybe it won't be. Or oh, maybe it won't be. <laughs> um, remember the Binks. Remember the Gungans. He's dead in a desert. 
Yeah, it's what the flame troopers are for, yes. <laughs> but so they the, live underwater. The, I've got the, the image I've got in my mind of Rob when he actually goes to see this film. It's just the cabin, carriage merchant from Avatar. <laughs> no, 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 not the carriage merchant. I don't understand the, uh, that reference, so I don't know where the, the defense Simon will understand the Kyoshi Island foaming, foaming mouth guy. Yes. Yes, that's what I got in my mind from <laughs> Rob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So there you go. Star Wars. It's going to suck. Uh, what am I supposed to say? You're just motioning at me. Yeah. Right. No, it won't. There you go. Something to move on from. Uh, I have finished recently finished watching, well, me and Jeff is watching uh, Agent Carter. Oh, yeah? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really good. Start that. You know, I'm looking. For, I'm happy that they get we're getting the sequel as well. Yes, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm. I'm, I'm looking forward to the sequel. I think it suffered the same situation as Shield did at the start. The first episode, it does take a while to get yeah, on on point. Yeah, the first couple of episodes are really kind of you know building up the world now since you know the world since Cap's gone all this kind of stuff. But then it really starts coming into itself and. Just all the throw, throwbacks to you know future events, such as you know the uh, Natasha's training stuff, mm. you know, and all that kind of stuff. Like, oh, this is actually really clever. Yes, I, I do like the way it ties into the past of the universe we know. Mm. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to season two as when it happens, and I'm massively enjoying the dub smash thing between them. Oh, the dub smash war is amazing. <laughs> it just keeps getting better and better. It's the fact that um, Hayley Atwell and the guy who plays Jarvis you know, got on a plane to go and get Chris Evans yeah. to help them win. <laughs> so that was the last one, yeah. It's, like, it's amazing. But, um, yeah, that's something. I think that's the only new, newish thing that we've seen, really, isn't it? So. I'll go to uni. Yeah, Jenna's going to go to uni. Yay! Now we have a historian. Yes, we have a historian, indeed. Maybe she should start recording down the lore of the world on stage one. Yes, I think we are worth documenting historically. I think we're <laughs> worth consigning to history, certainly. <laughs> I was going to try and think of a name for like the divide we're going to have over the Star Wars film, and I was like, the Star War... Oh, oh there you go. That was, that was done for you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Um, we were talking about sequels. Have you heard that there's going to be a John Wick sequel? John Wick. John Wick. Yeah. And I finally get my wish that this time they kill his goldfish. Something like that, yeah. And that's all I want it to... I want it to literally be the same film. Yep. That's what I want. I am... So- like the more I read about that man, the more happy I am just giving all of my money to Keanu Reeves. This is really—it's actually a really good film. Yeah, uh, they have announced a John Wick too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed John Wick One. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I, I it's really good. It. It's a very good World of Darkness movie. Yes, I can't get past the anger that has been instilled in me by the Payday DLC. Forget that, though. <laughs> that isn't him. That isn't him. That's a cheap knockoff pretending to be him. It's John Wick. How's the family? <laughs> Exactly. It's, oh, it's really, really nasty. good. It's it's a like I said, it's a full of darkness movie. It's got like an Elysium and everything. Yeah, it totally does. Yeah. It totally does. And I just replace replace vampires with assassins, and it's it's a vampire the requiem film. See, I think you really enjoy it, Simon. Like, it's not it's not too deep, and some of the characters, like for instance, the father of the gang family, who you know at the very beginning is really really scared of him. In the middle of the film, forgets he's really scared of him. 
And then at the end of the film, remembers why he was scared of him. It's like, wait, 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 wait. wait. It's like, wait, why did I do this? This is really strange. It's like, this guy's a big deal. Don't don't fuck him over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you fucked him over. Now, I am a big, scary Russian mafia boss, so obviously I don't have to be scared. And then he gets towards the end of the film, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Um, man. Yeah, uh, it's it's really really good. I quite enjoy. It. Also, Ian McShane is brilliant in that film. Yeah, that too. Yeah, there's some some good cameos in there, isn't there? Ian McShane is very rarely bad. Though. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And uh, and uh, what's his name? Wrestler. Re- yes. Thank you for knowing who I mean. Yeah, the wrestler. Who is it? Uh, Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash. That's is- it. There. Kevin Nash appearing in a movie is not a recommendation of that movie. Five seconds where he basically says, please, Keanu Reeves, don't beat me up. <laughs> the scary thing is, Keanu Reeves probably could beat him up. What, Kevin Nash? Yeah, because Kevin Nash would throw a punch and tear his quad and fall down and have to retire. <laughs> but also, <laughs> Keanu Reeves is like... <laughs> Keanu Reeves is actually, like, now trained in, like, a whole bunch of different martial arts. It's crazy. Whether you can actually properly use them, I don't you, know. You but. couldn't pay Kevin Nash enough to fight Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Big lazy Kevin Nash. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was the other sequel? And uh, Incredibles sequel yeah, as well. Too. Yeah. I rewatched, I rewatched Incredibles on my mum's birthday. I've not seen it in years. It's really good. It is good, isn't it? It's a very good film. It is. I really like it. I'm yeah. intrigued to see how far forward they're going to make it. Yeah, like how the kids going to have grown up. Yeah, it's Jack Jack. I kind of like the idea of it picking school. up exactly where the last one left off. I mean, they did set it up for a sequel. Yeah. Well, the thing of they actually did the sequel as the game. The game they released oh, yeah. was the Underminer story. Attack of the oh. Underminer or whatever it yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, just going back and rewatching and going, man, I forgot how much I really, really, really enjoy this film and how film. quite deep it was. How, how... Incredibles is one of my favourite Pixar films. Yeah, like I, I, I just really like the uh, the headcanon someone came up with that um, Edna was forced to make Syndrome's costume and the only thing she could do to help out was give him a cape. Oh, <laughs> that's, yes. I like that. That's amazing. The thing is, you know how I, no, I, I'm not that big a fan of Disney and Pixar and whatnot because I have no joy. Not? I have no joy and no yeah, soul. Joy. Yeah. He likes... Oh, okay. He has no inner child. Yeah. Uh, well, I do. I just keep it locked up. In the attic. And occasionally feed it a bucket of fish heads. Yes. Okay, he has no inner child of his own. Yes. The inner, <laughs> <laughs> the inner child makes small appearances every yeah. now and again. I fucking love Christmas. That's where, like, where my inner child goes all, all, all its, uh, like... He has an inner elf. Yeah, there you go. But I fucking love The Incredible. That's brilliant. That's a good yeah. film. That's a good film. Um... um Hum, hum. Hum. I'm hungry. Good. Oh, holy shit. Um, we, I've been playing games. <laughs> <laughs> video games. Video games. I've been playing game, video games. As a games podcast, what video games Yeah, have I know. That's right? a revelation for over an hour into the episode. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I can talk to you about Elite Dangerous, Simon. Yes. I've only played like a tiny bit, but I found out the other day, as I mentioned to you, I know someone who did the ambient sound for it. Like that impresses me. That's him. Because the ambient sound in that game is extraordinarily it is. good. It, I was like, fuck, this is really immersive, man. And he was like, thanks. When you come out of uh, a jump and you know hit the gravity well of a star in a slightly damaged cockpit, and you can hear the, the uh, windscreen creaking it's... and threatening to give. And I, the, the sound is such a powerful addition to that game. Yes. Ooh. It's terrifying. Having a space battle is terrifying. You yes. have 
you have this voice uh, uh, as your display or whatever telling you that when your shields are down and you know you have to survive ages before they come back initially because you don't have like decent stuff or whatever uh, oh my god and it's really good i like you have to you have to press all the different combinations to sort of do your startup um what is it called procedure yeah procedure um and i didn't crash well done that's good yes well done but I'm not, <laughs> I mean, I've not played an awful lot of it, to be honest. But um, yeah, that's good. And I've also played The Witcher 3, Ooh. which I'm also really enjoying. The only thing I know about which the only um, exposure I've had to The Witcher 3 is uh, my friend Alex, who is not one of the Alexes who is here or on the show ever, um, <laughs> uh, who is just uploading every glitch he finds to YouTube as Geralt hates blank. <laughs> blank being whatever is glitching that day. I've not come across a single glitch yet. Well, there's, there's Geralt hates bridge man, which is basically just he was walking across the bridge and just noticed that there was a villager standing not on the bridge and not on the railing of the bridge, but on that tiny little bit of plank that goes over the edge. Yeah. And he's just standing on there, just minding his own business, just standing, he's like, his feet hovering just over the river. And he just <laughs> runs past him, stops, runs back, looks at him for a while, and then like vaults over the bridge, yeah. then into the guy and just kicks him. Into the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then nice. the guy got really upset. But the best one is Geralt hates archers. Yeah. Which is an he archer doesn't. firing at Geralt, goes up, stabs the guy, kills him. And the archer, instead of falling to the ground dead, just kind of warps in the air for a little bit in that way that PC game <laughs> yeah, guys yeah, yeah, sometimes yeah. do and just sort of spins around for a little bit his bow still in the air like where, he, where he'd been holding it he then seems to line up perfectly with the bow and the bow fires his body over the horizon oh my god <laughs> that sounds amazing wow what dark magic is this yeah, I exactly. wonder Slay this is this Pringle sorry this is Pringle yes yes, yes ah it's of course amazing. but I'm really enjoying it I'm, I'm, really figuring out, cool. I'm figuring out that is basically what PS4 share buttons are for, is just finding hilarious things. Like versions. me and my tiny little dwarf woman in Dragon Age Inquisition. Oh, yeah. It was when I found that tiny little dwarf lady who had a man's head. Oh. Just stick, she had a human man's head sticking out the top of her neck. Like She had like a three-foot neck and this head sticking out the top of it. Oh, my God. And so dwarf lady body, long neck, human male head with a big beard, and he was just standing there staring at a building. And then I walked past him and he went... In a, in, a, in a dwarf female voice, she just went, weird. <laughs> <laughs> I remember going, oh my God. Also, the, the amount of times I jumped and my Inquisitor landed, but still in the falling pose. Oh, so he yeah, was all yeah. up like a scarecrow with his arms out and his feet dangling down. And I was just walking around and I was moonwalking everywhere. Oh, so he's doing like the fall animation or yeah. whatever. Yeah. With his hands slightly waving and his feet yeah, yeah, dangling. Yeah, yeah. So when you walk backwards, it just looks like you're moonwalking. <laughs> so my giant Kunari in gold armour with a big battle axe is moonwalking across all legs. <laughs> I've never had that. My problem was always Iron Bull knocking me off high ledges. <laughs> to be fair, that doesn't sound like a glitch. That just sounds like Iron Bull being a dick. Yeah, it was about 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> I have also just started playing Inquisition as well. Really? Yeah, just. And I've... Thank what, you. What have you made? What's your, what's your Inquisitor? Oh, uh, well, I've gone, I've gone generic... Yeah, like human, I'm human, human noble warrior. Yes, yeah, there you go. completely generic. Um, but I, I want to be all of them. The thing about the thing about in the Inquisition and with all the Dragon Age games is it doesn't matter about your background. You can make your, your character's uh, background be as vanilla as possible. It's how you play that character. Yeah. Although in this one, it matters perhaps more than most. Oh, yeah. Because it will affect the the Orlesian's response to you. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and certain things like um, I played. 
I played as a Canary, and as a result, I didn't know Solus had a side quest. Huh. Because he's so racist against Canary, he just won't ask you for help. I played as Canary, I got Solus as a side quest. You you had his side quest as a Canary? Yeah. I didn't think that was possible. Yeah. It, the, the one where you've got to go and help his friend. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, right, right, okay. When you've got to go and help his friend. <laughs> that was so easy. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. And then he, and then, okay, and then he was racist towards me. And I was like, suffice it to say, why Solus? It's really hard to get Solus to give you your side quest as a canary. I think I think Solus liked me because a lot of the things I was doing were aimed were a lot of things I was doing were aimed at helping the elves because the elves weren't humans. Uh, my canary had a thing that a lot of my Dragon Age characters had, which was just man, fuck Whitey. But I mean, a lot of the elves hate Solus. So that's yeah, no that guarantee. is also true. And he doesn't like a lot of elves. So basically... The thing I'll say about Inquisition overall, which, and I'm saying this, I'm on record as being a fanboy of most Bioware games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed my first playthrough of Inquisition. Yeah, I remember I remember when you were first playing, actually, because you were I, I me about it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I, I was really invested, really immersed, thought it was absolutely brilliant. Can't bring myself to play it a second time. Because for the first time, they've locked the plot behind grinding. Uh, you know, in, in Mass Effect and Dragon Age, there's always been loads of things you can go and do. Yeah. If you want to get all the gear, if you want to be tough enough, if you want to experience the whole world. Yeah. Now, though, there are things you have to do that you can't avoid doing. Uh, uh, because you need to get a certain amount of power to unlock the next bit of the plot. Yeah. Right. So for the first time it's forcing you to go off and do side quests and suddenly it feels like a chore. Yeah, because I mean the first time when you're playing it through the first time you're probably going to be doing all of those things anyway. Yeah, exactly. I was, yeah, I've done, so I didn't I've notice. That's basically all I've done. Because yeah. they gave me an opportunity to do a thing so I did it. Yep. And then the second time it's like you need eight power to unlock this next bit of story and I'm like fuck okay that's the quickest way to get eight power because mm. I don't really care about finding all the camps and finding all the logging sites and yeah. I've done that I spent and... like three days in the hinterlands the first time round yeah, yeah exactly I had to get iron for a while yeah oh god I remember and, trying and Drake Stone trying to find iron and Drake Stone mm-hmm. uh... and suddenly you're not doing all these things because they're there and then coming to the war table with 12 power and going, oh, I need eight. Um, you're looking at the war table and going, right, I need eight. Okay, how do I get that? And you're just keeping an eye on that number and just going, oh, come on, okay, two more, two more. Right, what can I do for two power? And it just becomes uh, busy work. Yeah, I can totally understand. I was going to say, oh, you can't see that being a problem. Like, oh, no, wait, no, because I haven't actually gone back and replayed it yet. I was going to make my... Um... I was going to make my uh, mage character and actually not play a warrior for the first time ever in a Dragon Age or Mass Effect game. Mm. Mm. And it's been so off-putting that I just realised, because Trespasser, the final DLC, the the end of the Inquisition's narrative, Mm -hmm. is coming out, and I haven't played any of the DLCs yet because I just haven't gone back to the game. Yeah, I haven't played them either, but I'm saving my money. Oh, wow. I want to. I'm still enjoying it now, though. (laughs) The game's great. No, absolutely. The game is great. And uh, obviously I know people who have gone back and played through it and have multiple characters, Zoe included. Wait, I have. Yeah, Zoe has completed multiple playthroughs. I'm looking for. (laughs) (laughs) And I know other people who have as well. So it's not a universal... But for me, uh, I just can't go back to it. It's uh, The the grind just is too grindy. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to grind, I might as well grind in Mad Max. (laughs) Yeah, to be fair. I mean, obviously, yeah, when you get... That's that's fair enough. 
guys. Holy shit. But yeah, it is it is a fantastic game. Yeah, I mean that's it. Like I mean, even when I was talking about my I was saying, oh my character's a bit vanilla, whatever, but the what I always can sort of be sort of assured by is that all the other characters that I'll be surrounded by will be fucking interesting. Oh, absolutely. There is not a dull... Not that I'm playing my guy dull. I'm just, yeah. you know... There is, I'll, I'll say this. A human I, fighter. Certain, certain, characters I didn't, certain characters in Inquisition I didn't like, but there is not a dull character on your um, on your squad. Yeah. Yes, there is. He's called Blackwall. I don't know who this is. Did you do Blackwall's... He, he's the dull one. Did you do Blackwall's plot? I am aware of Blackwall's plot. Yeah. <laughs> well, the best way he points out, I did leave him in the dungeon. Okay, fair enough. But... Yeah. I also oh. forgot Cole existed. That's kind of the point, though, isn't it? Yeah, I know. It works. <laughs> Cole isn't boring <laughs> so much as he is creepily non-existent. We had this wonderful moment where I was talking about how it was weird that there were, you know, your choice of rogues wasn't really there. You had your, your two, uh, you had your two rogues. And so it's just giving me this look, like... Which two? And I'm like, well, you've got your Varric and your Sarah, and they're both archers, and she's just side-eyeing me, going, are you joking? And I'm like, no, I'm not joking. And she's like, what about Cole? I was like, oh, God, I forgot Cole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, the thing is, for me, I did only have two rogues. <laughs> you did only have two rogues. That's true. I had a ranged one Why? and a close combat one. So anyway, it was really good, and I'm enjoying it. Good. So did you not pick up the best character in the game then? Uh, I did I, I did pick up your favourite character in the game. <laughs> uh, uh, and then I very quickly fired her from the Inquisition. You fool. And told her never to come back on pain of death. Oh, and unfortunately they never came back. This is something Yep. run by you. I was thinking of this because I've, I'm, you know, really early on, only met a few of the characters. Cassandra. Yep. If there was ever a Dragon Age Inquisition film. You mean like this one over here? Where's what? Uh, I've got the Dragon Age Inquisition film, which is about Cassandra. Are you fucking kidding yes. me? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Legend of the Seeker, isn't it? It's called Legend it's... of the Seeker, something like that. Are you fucking kidding me? It's an animated film, yeah. but it is about Cassandra, yes. Who yeah. plays her in it? Uh, well, it's animated, so who voice acts? No, I, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I haven't actually watched it. Never mind. Presumably the same voice actor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, if she, she was, was going to be well, cast well, in, live action, in yeah. live action, Carrie Ann Moss. Would do it brilliantly, yes. That's exactly what I got from her. I was like, holy fuck, if I had to cast as a film, she would play that. Dawn of the Seeker, that's what it's called. Sorry? It's called Dawn of the Seeker. Dawn of the Seeker, anyway. Yeah, Legend of the Seeker is another fantasy, um, weird TV show. Um, But yes, it's... uh, Cassandra is one of my favourite characters, actually. Yeah, she seems pretty badass. In, like, any Bioware game. Yeah. And isn't the same uh, voice actor, but Dragon Age is... Cassandra is voiced by Dragon Balls, my and child Gohan. Huh. Oh, okay. Uh, it's uh, Colleen Clickenbeard, who oh. is also Scarlet in Space Dandy. Clickenbeard. Oh, cool. I didn't realise that. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. Good old Clickenbeard. I don't know what that is. She's a voice actress. She okay. does a lot of anime. Who does a lot of anime. Sweet. <clears throat> She was in Pantheon Stocking and Space Dandy, and I've just realised I'm revealing too much about myself by which <laughs> anime I can cite. Uh, and the new Evangelions. Um, oh. There we go. Uh, she was also Lilith in Borderlands for our gaming audience. Hey. Our poor, poor gaming audience. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we, never did a, we never did an episode about Gamescom, did we? So... Oh there, shit! No, <laughs> there is there is some really good voice talent in in Inquisition, and and it's not just Freddie Prince Jr. Oh shit! Oh, who is wonderful, amazing! Oh my god! 
It's, and it's Jennifer Curry. Hale is in there as well, being amazing. Sorry? Jennifer Hale. Jennifer Hale is incredible. Yep. Uh, I loved her in Inquisition. And Mass Effect. And, well, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a really good voice cast. Uh, a lot of the Bioware regulars um, and a lot of the Dragon Age regulars as well, with Claudia Black and Kate Mulgrew both reprising oh, roles. Gosh. And of course, um, Brian Bloom reprising Varric. That's one thing I do like about my character, his voice it's, is fucking wicked. It's Caden's voice actor in this. Who did voice Caden Lenko? Uh, that's a good question. Not Freddie Jr. Do we care? It's Caden. Yeah. <laughs> he's not a racist. Oh, that's it's Rafe true. Sabage. He's not a racist. That's very true. Well, that's Simon. Um, Rafe Sabage. Raphael Sabage. And no, I don't think he is in English. Oh. <laughs> you'll, you'll have to be disappointed. <laughs> so I've not played Inquisition, so. Oh, but you must! No, it's good. It's good so far. It's very I, good. I really enjoyed it. Um, but I'm I, like literally at the beginning. Well, I'm, not, I'm not getting my next gen machine until November, so. Well, I play all of these things on the PC still. Um, Again, unless they're console exclusives. <laughs> <laughs> Although. <laughs> ah, you will not find me using that expression. <laughs> You will not find me using that expression. I, know, I do I still have the consoles. Yes. But um, in fact, I've, I've sort of worked out precisely when I'm going to buy an Xbox One. When's that? When the new Rock Band is released. Yeah! Yes. Because yeah. you... Transfer across between a 360 and an Xbox One. Exactly. Well, you can transfer across between last gen and this gen, but only on each side of the divide. So I couldn't transfer all the songs I've bought for the 360 to the PS4. And I've done the maths... And I reckon when Rock Band 4 comes out, it'll be cheaper to buy an Xbox One than to rebuy all my songs on the PlayStation 4. <laughs> yeah, we might, we might have to do the same thing, Rowan, well, and I might have to do the same thing. Especially well, considering I would have to buy the instrument edition, because I've already got the instruments for the Xbox. Yeah. Uh, so if I had to buy the instrument edition of the PlayStation... Um, version and all the songs again. But you're literally just going to pick up an Xbox One and be like, this is my rock band machine. Yes, <laughs> because it will be cheaper that way. So I could literally buy an Xbox One exclusively for rock band and, and save money doing it. my side. <laughs> I'm going to be on your side. Oh, really? Yeah. And I can just tell everyone, yeah, I have a PlayStation I, I was, Oh, and an Xbox One for I, rock band. I, was, <laughs> I have a rock I was sold the backwards compatibility. Oh, man. Um, Matt, my manager went to Gamescom and he actually got to spend a great big long time with the Harmonix guys. Hmm. And yeah, he, he was like, he, got, he, on, he went and played the new Guitar Hero. He was like, no. Was like, yes. Rock, yeah, the new Guitar Band Hero is... looks weird and strange and I don't want it. Why? It, what's, it, what's happened? It's an RPG with live action video. What? It's, it's oh, not, yeah. I know someone it's who's in that. In the live action pieces. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, so it's like not... rough footage of what it looks like. It looks it's weird. Rob, Rob knows weird actors more than eleven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was pretty much saying, you know, it's um, it's you know, it's Guitar Hero, same again, except weird. Yeah, and it's an RPG, and just, and just it just does the even the new, even the new controller, the new new guitar feels odd. Just not, mm. just not good. Should just be a party game. Well, I mean, from what I've heard, the new Rock Band has some RPG elements as well, though. What? In the, like, the, the building, the, um... Build a band. 
Yeah, like you, you, you have come to a consensus on what your next song should be. And so <laughs> that's pretty funny to be fair. <laughs> so I like that you guys you can end up making creative differences within the band. <gasps> so and splitting up. Yeah. Oh wow. Because you know then you have to do your four, solo career. Yeah, four members <laughs> I mean, of the band want to play Paul as their next thing. And one member of that always wants to play fucking like Billy Ocean. And every the, time. Oh, I was gonna say like it would be the drummer we're just wanting the one with the awesome drum solo in it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Well that sounds all right. That kind of sounds interesting, but perhaps that should be like a, an optional sort of thing. Hmm. Perhaps. Oh, this, I mean, it is. And it, it should still like, just have the core element of it just being, you can just hang out with your mates. Yeah, yeah. And just go go at it with, with the, you know, the new songs. Because that's not what was missing with Rock Band 2 and, was there a Rock Band 3? Uh, no. No. Yes. 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 Yeah. What was missing for Rock Band 2 and 3 was that there wasn't really like a career story mode or anything like that. It was literally just free play mode. And that, yeah. that's not a bad thing. because that's Well, I mean, the career was doing progressively more difficult tours. In larger ve- uh, larger venues. Oh, fair enough. I, okay, okay. So maybe it did have it. We just didn't have it. Never played it. Maybe. My point is completely moot. Never mind. Ignore. But they had they had Rocksmith as part of Rock Band, didn't they? Where you could put a real guitar into it. I, I think Rocksmith is no. Is Rocksmith thing? is a yeah. separate game. Yeah. Uh, Rock Band Three had Pro Mode. Yes, which is where they released a guitar controller with like hundreds of individual buttons representing every position on the fretboard. Yeah, or you could plug a real guitar in. Yeah. And Pro Mode would be all the right notes, but Rocksmith is a different franchise. Oh, I see. Well, I think that, is a, it's a, idea, that is, a, is a genius idea, though, if you have yes, the money and to equally, play. equally, the, the keyboard that came with Rock Band 3, yeah. you could use it as an easy mode controller with this is the orange note, this is the red note, this is the blue note, this is the green note. Yeah. Or you could play in Pro Mode, and it would go, these are the notes. <laughs> Enjoy. And you'd actually have to play the piano part. Keep up. So... <laughs> Yeah, they had pro mode, and if you bought the big drum kit with the cymbals on, mm. you could get pro mode drums as well, where you're actually playing the drum line. Oh, man. And you could, they, I'm guessing those would have been like the uh, the flat the flat drums that you know are actually drums, but they they are just flat, but they make the same noise, like an electric drum kit, like kind uh, of yeah, like the guy from Def Leppard has because yes. of any one arm. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, it yeah. was an electric. Well, it, I mean, it was the same as the regular rock band drum kit, oh. but it had these two plastic cymbals on. Oh, I see. <laughs> I took that somewhere else. I think it's a genius idea. I think that was one of the best things. It was the best response ever to the criticism of the first couple of games and the Guitar Hero franchise. With all the time you put into that, you could learn to play an instrument. It's like, okay, you could. Let's help. Buy Rock Band 3 and you could. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. It's a good first step. Yeah. Uh, And interestingly, I believe this is definitely true of the Rocksmith cable that you used to plug in a real guitar because I've done it. But I believe it was true of the Rock Band one as well. Is if you plug it into a computer by USB, then it's actually just it's a working MIDI controller. Oh man, really? That's fucking awesome. Get a bit of Garage Band on the go. Yep, make some you music. Can plug your yeah. guitar into Garage Band. Put your effects through it. It's it works really well. Oh, Simon, you now you've now been recruited to making music for my games. <laughs> oh, I thought we were going to start a band. Why start a band when I could just make visual novels? We could start a rock band. <laughs> a rock band. If we all get the Xbox. Yeah, shit, we're going to have to. And our first album will be called World World One Stage One and the Mystery Hole. (laughs) Well, the trouble is, we'll all want to play some cool song, apart from Jack, who will want to play Billy Ocean. Caribbean Queen! Do you not remember the Mystery Hole from the Hotel Story, tell me? No. Oh, you're a Mystery Hole. Oh, I forgot, you don't listen to the show, do you? 
I don't also I also don't remember things that happened more than thirty minutes ago. Oh, okay. Who the fuck are you? Uh, who the fuck are you? Uh, yeah, that was weird. I'm Rob. So, do you think we've always been having this conversation again and again and again forever? Dance with us into eternity. Man, I'm hungry. I'm quite hungry too. Yeah. Hmm. Let's eat, Alex. Yes. That seems like a fitting place to draw this to a close. <laughs> so, until next time, whilst my, my colleagues commit cannibalism, uh, I have been Simon. I have been Jack. I have been Irish. And I have been Rob. Goodbye forever, Alex. Forever and ever. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>